Okay, hi everybody, and welcome to another episode of On Purpose. Um, I just had a weird technical glitch. Heidi Stevens, are you there? I'm here. Oh, awesome. Okay, that is Parent Nation Creative Director and Chicago <laughs> Tribune columnist Heidi over there. Woohoo! Um, I just met her again for the, the the second time because I haven't spoken to her in months and months. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did do that event last week. <laughs> we did do an event last week. I remember that. <laughs> I do. I do. Our green rooms were very different, if I recall. Yeah, mine looked a lot like my bedroom, which was weird. <laughs> like, what is my bed doing in the green room? Oh, that, is a, that is a that is that is a puzzler for sure. I know. I thought we were going to be done with these virtual events. It's by such now. a bummer, isn't it? It, it would be so much bummer. more fun to do them in person. I know. I, I do like the idea that good. Oh, sorry. I'm interviewing Dawn Turner uh, Thursday about her super, super fantastic book, Three Girls from Bronzeville. And when we first started talking about it, I was like, oh, my God, well, we're going to be in person. Like, it's next fall. Yeah. And it's next fall now, and we can't be in person. Oh, that's not in person. No, oh. it's virtual. It's all oh, over that's Zoom. such a bummer. I'm so Man. tired of Zoom. Well, I'm tired of Zoom. I think we're all tired of Zoom. Hate yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm looking for the first, like, I, I can't wait for the first thing that is, you know, in the theater live. And I know some things are happening, right? I know that there are, you know, Michael's going to films, I assume, in theaters and stuff like that. Michael, yeah, that not yeah. only that, he's at a film festival right now in Vienna. So like festivals Jeez. are even coming back. I know they they're super strict about you know vaccine cards and negative tests, and you have to wear a KN95 mask or better. So like it's not just you know back to the glory days of pre-pandemic film festivals, but it's right. But it's happening, and he's there. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. But I, I wish your thing with Dawn was live. That's going to be Same. an amazing thing. People check that out. That's going to be amazing. I, and yeah. I have not yet read the book, but that's on my list for sure. Oh, you'll love it. It's so good. I know. Yeah. I hope everybody can come to that. It's free. It's virtual. It's a family action network um, event. And I love them so much. So yeah, that's, that's Thursday night. Just the best. Hopefully just the best. That's awesome. We're posting this podcast before. <laughs> oh yeah. We'll, 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 we'll make a point of it now. <laughs> yeah, Do it. Um, okay. I have a question. Um, yes. I don't know if you have things you want to talk about and we can get to those too, but first we have to get to mine because it's timely. Um, <laughs> I was driving, uh, driving Will to school this morning and uh, heard on NPR that um, college enrollment uh, was down like a record dip um, during the pandemic. So like from the year 2019 to fall 2020, the right. admissions fell, you know, record amount, which would make sense. Um, yep. Pandemic. <clears throat> um, you know, why do you want to go if it's not in person and what's the money situation and what's safe and blah, blah, blah. And everyone, all the analysts sort of thought like, well, it'll bounce back next year. The following year that we're in now, it dropped even more. So now they're saying it's the the dip in college enrollments, the two-year dip is the biggest it's been in over 50 years. Ooh. And the dip in um, 
community college enrollment is the biggest. So it's not even like you could imagine anecdotally being like, well, maybe kids are just not super ready to move out and pick a four year yep. school yet. They're going to, you know, save a little money, live at home, do a couple of classes at community college. Community colleges are the hardest hit. Um, I thought that was super interesting and probably has like nine or 10 million ramifications. Um, I would imagine. I think we're, that's close. Yep. Yeah. And I want to talk about that. So yeah. I want to know if like, are you seeing signs of that in your office or does that feel like, oh, I don't know. Every kid I see is still like, you know, nope, frantic nope, about yeah. which college to go to and how to get in and their parents are, you know, I mean, like it feels, those numbers feel a little bit divorced from the dialogue um, at right. school anyway about like, okay, the, you know, advisors from these schools are going to be here Thursday. So sign up for your spot and okay, it's PSAT on Friday. So it's like, everyone's still very much at schools talking about, you know, how to get your kid college ready. And then you're hearing this report that's like, yeah, actually um, a whole bunch of people are opting out of college, like more than have done so in the last 50 years. Um, yes. So like that feels like a little bit of a disconnect and um, I don't know, is it good news? Is it bad news? Is it mixed news? What are the kids feeling about it all that you talk to? Um, just curious. Yeah, let's, all right. So let's see, let's, uh, I don't love the phrase unpack, but let's unpack this, Heidi. <laughs> okay, let's. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, a perfect phrase know, for this. To, 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 to kind of quadruple down on it, um, not only are all those elements that you're talking about true, um, but the culture at large is very much about college. Like, have you noticed lately in the past year or so that there are books about like who gets in and why, and, you know, you know, the college admission strategy, there's, there's, um, you know, like best selling books out there oh, about sure. getting your kid into college. And there is a massive wave of tutors and, you know, new companies and uh, companies that would normally uh, just tutor to math and, you know, English skills for high school classes who are now just tutoring to, you know, the ACT, the SAT and writing the right essay to get into the right place. Um, so the culture, everything you see in here, you're right, would suggest like, oh, yeah, you know, everything is about getting into college. We're still... Mm -hmm very much about that. And yet, um, underneath the surface, I'm finding in my practice, and um, I don't know if I've talked to you about this, but I keep in touch with about 40 therapists via a group chat. So, you know, um, because we all, a bunch of us want to kind of keep our finger on the pulse of what's going on. So if we run into a phenomenon, um, we'll normally check in and say, hey, are you guys seeing a lot of this, you know, like this thing? And, mm -hmm. um, and somebody did write mm, probably well before the pandemic. Like, has anyone noticed that nobody's going to college anymore? You know, um, wow. and we and we all fell in and said, yeah, you know, like a lot of my kids are opting out or they're taking a gap year or they're doing something different. Um, and a lot just tap out of that college admissions process altogether because it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. It's too big. It's too anxiety provoking. I'll do it later. I'll do it another time. And deadlines pass. And, you know, um, the community college option comes up. But for a lot of kids, 
that seems like stigmatized, like, oh yeah, that mm, I don't know if the smart kids go there. I don't know if that's, you know, mm-hmm. where I'm, what I should be doing. So I'm not going to do that either. So we have this enormous, and then the pandemic comes along. And so we have this enormous group of 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 year olds, maybe older, doing DoorDash, uh, mm-hmm. living in the basement, um, mm-hmm. really uh, kind of um, listless, sedentary, and not sure what their next move ought to be. Mm-hmm. And um, and they, they might take a class online. Like I'm working with some kids who are on a plan that would seem like, you know, if you extend it out, like it's like a nine year plan to get through a bachelor's degree, you know, and I'm not kidding. Like, it, you know, um, so there is no plan for a lot of kids. Like there's still a good number of kids, of course, going to college, but, mm-hmm. and, and, and more and more girls are going than guys all the time to mm-hmm. most every school. Um, mm-hmm. So most of the tapping out I'm finding is young men. It's boys okay. mm-hmm. um, who are overwhelmed and a little bit disempowered, like unsure, like what the future looks like for them. Can I, can I accomplish what my parents did? Yeah. Um, I'm just going to, I'm going to sit this out and, and maybe figure it out, but maybe not. I might just yeah. sit around and, and, you know, and, um, play some video game, like regress. I'll play some video games. I'll smoke weed in the basement and wait to see if something happens. And I'm not kidding. Like that's literally what's happening in basements across the city and suburbs right now. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, um, I want to talk about this in a way that's honest and also open-minded and like, you know, certainly college is not the only path to happiness or fulfillment or success. And so it seems like you don't necessarily have to think of these numbers or your specific family situation as bad news um, if college is no longer part of it. Um, At the same time, it doesn't, those stories don't feel like happiness or fulfillment if you're kind of filling your days with smoking pot and feeling directionless. So like, how do you thread that needle of like supportive, open-minded, like, yeah, you don't have to, you know, your future is not dictated to you. You can, you know, take a little time and, and find the thing that feels right to you, but like probably smoking pot in the basement and door dashing isn't, you know, going to lead to like great, you know, financial stability or, or fulfillment or like giving back and making the world a little better place or like all the things that most of us sort of hope for our kids. Right. And not, and not just so we can like brag to our friends, like my son is doing blah, 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 but like for their own hearts and, and brains and long-term, you know, fulfillment. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I, you're, you're right. Um, it is, the, these kids who are, you know, the DoorDash, um, DoorDash pot smoking, and this is a gross generalization, but it happens a lot. Um, yeah. the, these kids really have no direction. Oddly, the kids who aren't going to college and, and are intentional about that, um, there's a lot happening in like, I'm going to go to trade school. I'm going to go and do like this Starbucks program where I'm going to become a manager in a year and a half. And I might take some college classes in the meantime, those kids, oddly enough, 
seem to be thriving in a way that kids you would expect to be kind of college track kids are uh-huh. not, oddly okay. enough, you know, like, so this is a very college specific, college centric thing. And um, yeah, it's kids I would normally expect, like, you know, um, have always been uh, pictured, you know, that they would be going to college and um, and, and not going uh, leaves them kind of just sedentary, sitting still, and, um, and you know, I, I use the word hopeless, uh, not loosely, um, you know, yeah. really unsure of what their path should be. But college feels ominous to a lot of these kids. It feels yeah. big. It feels way harder. Um, I'm, am I going to be able to make it through? And I've worked, and I don't know if you and I have talked about this, every year I work with a bunch of kids, and it's true, more true this year than any other year by a significant margin. Um, kids who end up back in my office on the couch by now, by, you know, like by mid-October. Um, After originally going to college. Yep. Freshmen who have, you know, taken a shot at it and already, you know, like midterm grades come out. They haven't been going to classes. They've kind of tapped out of everything. They partied too much. They didn't regulate very well, or they just didn't do anything. And they're, and they're back home. Um, and you know, really, really ashamed, embarrassed, disappointed, um, and so kind of in hiding, you know, not even, yeah. especially in these suburbs, you know, um, not wanting the neighbors to know that right. they're home. And right. so like when yeah. I, I, I say basements, like very deliberately, like basements or bedrooms, that's yeah. where we're hiding if we're, if it didn't work out or if we didn't go. And, yeah. um, and quickly the question becomes for me, like, okay, so how do we, how do we put place hope into the brain of a child who doesn't feel it and can't picture what the next thing is going to be. And that, um, yeah, I think that should be the key question because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot about college is kind of broken. I mean, it, it, it is daunting to ask someone to come up with 50, 60, 70 grand a year um, to you know, for, for four or five years in a row, graduate with a tremendous amount of debt, have no, you know, sense of whether a job will be waiting for them or not, or certainly a job that will, you know, allow them to pay those debts off in a reasonable fashion is unlikely. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot. Um, It's a lot. It's not how you and I went to college. Um, and so I, I understand that, you know, that that's not like, Oh, kids have changed. That's like college has changed. Yeah. Um, is there a way? All that being said, and and we don't have a lot of control over that as parents. Like I can't make right. college affordable all of a sudden. Um, is there a way for us to make the whole process of like growing up and finding your next thing less? daunting more hopeful less like dire like like inject some joy and excitement into it and like some sense of like wonder and oh my gosh I have you know my whole life ahead of me what do I want to look like instead of like 
oh my God, I have my whole life ahead of me. This like, the fuck am I going to do? You know, exactly, like exactly boy is that, that that's exactly what I hear. Exactly that tone, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. what the fuck am I going to do? I'm screwed. Like I'm never right. going to be like what my parents have here. I'm never going to be able to make this happen. You know, and kids are aware, like you're, you're so right that, you know, like the way we went to college, um, Julie tells, um, this story where she said, but I went away to college. I didn't think about like, you know, what the rest of my life was going to look like in a, in a very serious way. I got to play with the idea. I got to think about like, I think I'm going to be in New York, living in a high rise, you know, I'm going to yeah. be a businesswoman walking with a briefcase and, you know, right. like, uh, and taking the world by storm. And right. what specifically that means, I have no idea, you know, right. but that, it's going to feel awesome. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm going to stay up late and I'm going to like have my friend, I'm going to host a dinner party. Oh my God, I'm going to cook. Like all right. those things that felt like, you know, but you got to your own place and like, you got to, you know. Yeah. All these things that didn't have a lot necessarily to do with what job you had, right. um, you know, or what college you went to, but they felt like markers of growing up and becoming totally. independent and, you know, leaving your nest. Right. And yep. um, what like what has happened and what have we done and more to the point, what can we do to reverse it uh, right. so that well, kids I, feel I, less like, ah, oh, shit, like I got to <laughs> leave the house and do something like this world yeah. sucks, which it does. The world sucks to the, you in know, a lot of ways in, in their defense. Um, in a lot of ways it does. Um, but like, I, I don't know. I mean, this is probably off topic, but it popped into my head. So I'm going to say it. Um, I was talking to my kids last night about um, some homework assignment and how, oh, June was talking about how they're changing the rules on something at CPS where you used to have to enter every assignment into this website that's like, I don't remember the name of it, you probably know, but it basically checks if you plagiarized. Right. Um, and um, we got on the topic of like, you know, um, whether you should have to memorize everything and, um, you know, come to tests with no notes and no books and no ability to look anything up versus, you know, what a more like reflective of our times approach to test taking and paper writing and everything be like, let's just folk, let's just teach kids how to take good notes and be good researchers and look things up because that's what, that's the skill set they're going to need in the workplace and for the rest of their lives. Like how many of us have things like super, super memorized? Like we just look them up when we need to know them, um, at work, in life, you know, so would, would it be, would it serve us and our kids to sort of like shift away from, SATs and ACTs and tests where they come in like riddled with anxiety because they don't know if they have every stinking fact memorized down to the last crossed T and dotted I or would it be better to be like okay we're going to spend the semester like talking about these things learning about these things you're going to take notes you're going to find out where to you know look up for more information and get some context and historical perspective and then like that's what you're tested on, like all of those skills that you've developed and you can go look it up during the test and you can. So anyway, this sounds slightly off topic, but like, 
is it time to just sort of like wholly remake education? Probably, but we can't do that. So how can we help our kids feel like, okay, some of the, some of the stuff is sort of like a course correction and like, we got to figure out right now how you can feel able to survive in this climate and, and not just sort of need to retreat from it. Yes. That was a big um, so, question. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> here, um, here is the, the trippy moment I just had. Just as you started talking, um, I wrote down, so I wouldn't forget, uh, take away the pressure, step-by-step -step wholesale education reform. So uh, what, what you just described, so many kids have come into my office and said, we feel all this academic pressure and it and and it, it's so hard and it's so counter to the way the world works like I, I a kid was in here not that long ago and he said my us history textbook probably looks like yours did mm -hmm. but we don't learn like you did you know like we we mm -hmm. are we know how to find stuff like i, I and, um one of my favorite lines ever this kid said what are we talking about tomorrow? Edgar Allan Poe? I'll do a PowerPoint about it. I know how to find <laughs> stuff about him. Like, I yeah. Know, <laughs> yeah. Right? Let us do it. We know how to find all the things. That's not the problem. You just need to teach us to be discerning and smart about the things we're finding, you know? Right. And, um, right. and so, you know, I don't think you're wrong about this, that this is part of the problem is that they feel this pressure to know all this stuff and now because kids are a little more discerning than they used to be than we were we just kind of like oh you go and you take the standardized test okay i'll go study for this and i'll go take the act and the sat you know like and we just kind of like got in line and did the thing and kids now ask questions they're like well wait a minute what does this test do you know like kids have asked me specifically like why does this, why does that three hours have anything to do any bearing on my future Right. Like, what if I'm having a bad Saturday? <laughs> like, right. What if I'm really nervous and I'm not good at this? You know, like, yeah. why does that matter? You know, like, I don't get it. Like, I, all this other stuff I'm doing, and this is like half the formula. And You've is this be system me. fair? Like, I, I mean, right. my daughter talks about that. Like, is it really fair that I'm taking the same test as someone who doesn't have access to the same teachers I do, or like their parents couldn't get them a tutor if they needed one, or like, you know, this is a bad system. Like maybe I right. don't want to play that game because it's a, the game is unfair for people. Like they, you know, a lot of kids think about that stuff. They do. They do. George, George felt the same way. He had um, an enormous leap in his ACT score because we hired him a tutor. And recently I was talking to him about that and he said, oh, make no mistake about it. It's not like I earned that great score you know, we bought that score, <laughs> you know, yeah. and what I learned was, you know, the, the cheats, you know, I learned like, you know, you're going to see a math question that looks like this. Don't bother reading the questions. Always going to be that number right there. Mm -hmm. And somebody who is in the inner city and can't afford that tutor, well, that person's screwed. Like, cause they're mm -hmm. never going to find that cheat out. And so their, their 23 is always going to be a 23 my 23 can be a 31, you know, like, right. and, um, and that isn't, that isn't fair. And so kids are aware of all these things. So what I try to do with the kids I work with is scale things way, way back because they feel so much pressure through high school. And, you know, and, and at some point 
I don't think it's a terrible instinct to tap out and say, you know, I can't take this. Like I literally like, you know, emotionally it's too much. Um, so I'm just going to back off until I can hear myself think, you know, that's what I think a lot of the kids. And sometimes that takes, you know, uh, a week, sometimes that takes five years, you know? Um, and I think our job as, as parents and the adults in these kids' lives is to help them take this like step by step and not just load them up with fear and anxiety about what the future looks like for them. And I think we do way, way, way too much of that. And, you know, the more, the more it's ominous and the more we tell them it's ominous, you know, like once you get a job, you're not going to have this kind of time to just sit around and be on your phone or play these videos. You know, it's like, they're like, cool, then I won't get a job. I I won't get a job and I will be a child forever. (laughs) Good tip. (laughs) I appreciate that. Cool. Don't get a job. Okay. Added it to my list. Things to not do. What else, mom? What else going on? (laughs) To vape. Okay, I shouldn't get a job. Cool. I bet you're creating a very good agenda for me. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah, I think if we're we're a little, in in a way, just laughing about it feels good because, you know, when when I'm sitting across from families and we're talking about college, it's so dead serious. And, you know, there's this kind of like, you know, this is your junior year. You know, it's happening right now. You know, like we're a quarter into junior year. You're you're a quarter into junior year, right? Yeah. Um, well, no, just and, sophomore, but yeah. Oh, right, right. Um, but, you know, like there is this belief um, out there that, you know, like this is it. Like, you know, if we want to get into U of I or into Harvard or into you know, uh, Eastern Illinois University, you're going to have to do X and Y and you're, you know, that's going to take a whole lot of work and you're going to have to get some other stuff on your resume and you're going to need a job and, you know, and, and you can understand where at some point kids discerning smart kids are like, Ooh, that's a little much. I, I don't know that I can do that and still maintain my sanity here. I'll opt for the sanity. And, you know, know, and and figure this out later because this is too much noise for me. Yeah. So I think our job is like to to kind of silence some of the noise and and make this make this all something that that's palatable and interesting and um, and recognize it's not like it was for us. You know what I mean? Like the idea of like we're going to get in the car and we're going to go visit a bunch of colleges this weekend. You know, that that would might have been great for us. um, But. Kids don't necessarily feel that way. They don't necessarily yeah. feel like the future's all bright and shiny and awesome. Yeah. They're like scared shitless of a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And acknowledging yeah. that is important. That feels huge, actually. Yeah. That it feels like the biggest thing, acknowledging that and reminding ourselves that. Because I think it's tempting. I think this is tempting. Uh, tempting might be the wrong word, but I think it's an easy habit to... Um, you know, keep falling back on from the time your kids are toddlers to, to be like, when my parents said, you know, jump, I asked how high, or when my parents said it was bedtime, I went to bed or when my parents, you know, when my parents told me to, you know, study for, you know, the SAT I studied, like, um, you know, I think we do this their whole lives. Like we picture how our, 
you know, fealty or, or relationship <laughs> is a nicer word, um, you know, to our parents and authority figures, not just parents, right. But like right. teachers, principal, boss, whatever, like, right. Yep. You know, I just stepped in line and listened. Um, and like, what the hell's wrong with these kids? Or like, right, you know, right. what have I done wrong that I raised a kid who doesn't listen better or who doesn't, you know, um, you know, do what authority figures tell them to do. But I think it's important to keep reminding ourselves at all the different age groups, but especially around this stuff that like, you know, it's just very, very different. It doesn't, there's sort of no point in, you know, trying to beat yourself up for not raising them to be more fearful of authority figures or right. for, uh, you know, imagining how much easier it would be if they were just more like you were as a kid or yep. if kids in general were more like kids used to be, or like all that stuff is pretty pointless and also doesn't really acknowledge how much the world has changed and what they're 100%. inheriting is in many ways quite a bit trickier and higher stakes than us. I mean, my, I went to Eastern, it was $1,900 a year. Um, we rented our textbooks. Like we didn't even buy our textbooks. Like it could wow. not have been cheaper. Um, right. and it was fine. I mean, it was fine. Um, I graduated and had a job like a day later. So none of that is even remotely familiar to like, you know, what most kids are grappling with today when they're thinking about what to, you know, what to right. do when they graduate or what to do in two years when they graduate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's all, it's all very ominous to them. And, you know, and even if it works out the way it's, you know, a, as advertised, you know, like, okay, I go to, uh, I go to Eastern, I get my, my degree, I get the job. Um, am I happy or am I, trapped you know like is that, is that right. a good thing right, right, right. when i look at my parents and they talk about their lives they don't necessarily seem altogether thrilled with where they've ended up and so you know i'm not sure that this is the, where 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 the right path is where i can make some impact where i'd be happy where i can make a living i don't get all this stuff and why am i thinking about this when i'm 16 you know what i mean like Right now, I'm kind of curious to see whether this girl or this guy is interested in me and what's going on this weekend. And I got to think about what I'm going to be doing 10 years from now, you know, like um, so if I if I could press parents to do anything about this, it would be to take you know, it's part of the it's a process and you've got to engage your kids in the process if this is where they're heading. And I get that. And it is there is a lot of pressure and there is competition for all these spots. Um, but you know, we, we can jump the gun and say, you know, like, okay, I'm going to get by, you know, who gets in and why, and I'm going to help you get into the college that you're going to most be happy going to. Whereas, you know, I think you have to sit your kid down at some point every once in a while, not just once, but once in a while and just check in with them. Like, you know, so how are you feeling about this? Is it, mm -hmm. is it, are, do, you, do you got it? Is it overwhelming? Does it sound, you know, how does it just all sound to you and let right. them air it out? You know, that, that little bit of therapy can save you a ton of time uh, and headbutting about like, you know, Hey, you promised me your essay was going to be due. Why, you know, you're not cooperating when in fact that child is well aware of why they're not doing that essay, you know, <laughs> right. I don't want to. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
It might lead and to a job. You talk and you about told it. me not to get one of those because they apparently <laughs> suck. <laughs> exactly. Right. So we have to be aware. I'm going to be really very, careful. Very... I don't end up with a job at the end of all this. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be really hard with the degree not to get the job. Exactly. <laughs> yes. No, you do yeah, have to I laugh think... a little bit, right? Right. I No, actually, I'm. It, it, it's kind of, um, uh, I'm kind of learning as I go. I'm listening to us talk about this and to laugh about it. You know, that never happens, Heidi. In, in my office, when we're talking about college, it is dead serious. And then I was just thinking like, man, if I can get kids and their parents to laugh about the process a little bit. That that alone would take some of the pressure off because yeah. it becomes so adversarial. And um, and then kids don't know what they're fighting for or against. They just know they just know they're afraid and you know, and like that there's a shit ton of pressure. But you know, I think it's they don't get a chance to stop and think. And I think parents have an opportunity to say, let's stop and think. Let's just like, you know, let's put all this material away from all these schools and all these books and the tutor. And let's just talk about like, you know, talk about your life and what you're, what you like and what you're drawn to mm-hmm. and, you know, and what you hate, what sounds bad. And, you know, like what we do, does it look awful to you? Or what, right. you know, what do you think of what we, you know, does, how does my life look? <laughs> yeah. Know? And be so willing just have to that. be like poked fun of a little bit. Of right? course. Laugh at yourself. Yeah. I mean, that goes so, just can't tell you how far that goes for me. I, it does, right? I mean, to be able me to like, laugh at the stuff they say about me because some of it's pretty damn funny. Um, right. <laughs> and, you know, it's not mean, but like we laugh at ourselves. I don't know. All I think the that time. Helps. Yeah. I, I think it, it helps. It's, it's huge. I mean, I, I think back to like, you know, our struggles when George was picking a college and, um, and, and we had, Julie and I both had, um, designs on what he should do. We decide, we knew what we, you know, we want you to have a well-rounded liberal arts education. Um, because that we went and got business degrees. We don't use our business degrees. Uh, we want you to go to a more open-minded school than the one dad went to. <laughs> um, and, yeah. uh, and it turns <laughs> out like George and George oddly, you know, went the opposite ways. Like, well, wait a minute. Like, what if I want to get a business degree and figure yeah. out, like figure it all out later. And like, I'm panicking. I'm like, no, 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 no. Major in English. That was cool. My best friend majored in English. Right. You want to do that? Like, you know, right. cool guy, you know, get a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> get a tattoo. I'll get one with you. Yeah. <laughs> Be cool. Don't do what I did. It was, you know, Pierce I some shit. It. I ran. What do you want, Pierce, man? Yes. Let me get you some weed. What do you need? <laughs> And meanwhile, George got a business degree, worked at the company that I couldn't wait to get out of, and he's doing just fine, you know? <laughs> oh, George. <laughs> I you still said can't your talk dad about it. grave, George. <laughs> you're being responsible. <laughs> right. Good God, man. Come on. Not one uh... nose ring the whole time. <laughs> so disappointing. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, June got her but nose yeah, pierced for her 15th birthday, so. Did she? I'm, I'm already ahead of you, I'm like. Oh, coolness. you are so winning. That is I outstanding. Know. I know. 
Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I, well, I think this, I think we figured this solved it out some things, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, so college sure. needs to be cheaper. We're gonna yep. get right on that. Um, yeah, that would be handy. It would be handy. Um, yeah. No, I'm just. It's so so interesting to have your perspective on this. I, I'm. I, you know, I sometimes you hear stuff in the news and you're like, okay, but that doesn't really apply to like people I know. But it's like a thousand percent right. applies to. Yeah. People I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, and I think it's just good context for when we're having conversations with our kids about anything in their future, right? If they're not at the age yet where they need to be or want to be thinking college, but just in general, you know, we could probably all stand to like inject a tiny little bit of humor, especially about ourselves. Um, remember that they live in a very different world than we did. Um, and they're not like we were and we don't need to be like our parents were. Um, and also that they're probably at the heart of it, just a little scared of what's ahead more so than excited about what's ahead. And oh we can God, keep that in our mind when we're engaging in these conversations, right? That is perfection, Heidi. That's the perfect coda that that was the best summation we've ever had. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I really Have was. all our that other summations. Wait, do we do summations? I don't think we maybe it's the only summation we've done, but okay, it's a I think damn it's really good one, the nonetheless. <laughs> now all the others have to live up to that one. Right, exactly. <laughs> now we've got to do summations that we've added the whole thing, old segment. Excellent. I love summations. Okay. Okay. So, um, will you recap for people just what's happening Thursday night, just um, so I can make sure that Scott oh, gets sure. us up there before Thursday? Yeah, for sure. Thursday night, um, I am interviewing Dawn Turner about her new memoir called Three Girls from Bronzeville. You've probably seen positive reviews of it somewhere because literally every publication in America has reviewed it um, yeah. and, and loved it. Um, so if you go to my Facebook page or my Twitter or you just go to the Family Action Network website, um, you'll see the, the Zoom link on how to join. And it's free and it's virtual and it's um, 7 p.m. Central Thursday night. Outstanding. Um, yeah, I Outstanding. highly recommend For it. sure, for sure. I highly recommend it as well. I'm going to try to attend if I can. Um, and I will talk to you hopefully very soon. Okay, perfect. All right. Thanks, John. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.